0: i Spaces
1: everybody, and welcome to our Twitter spaces with DYDX and Squid. My name's Galen on the Axelar handle, and um, I think we'll get started with a, a quick round of introductions. Uh, we've got Nathan from DYDX here, Fig from Squid, uh, and Yorgos from Axilar. Yorgos, maybe you want to just kick it off, uh, and we can do a little round of introductions and then get into the topic of what uh, we're doing with interoperability and um, onboarding in DYDX v4.
2: Yeah, happy to go first. Uh, thanks everyone for joining. I'm Yorgos, co-founder of Axelar. I've been in the space for about seven years now. My background is technical. I did my degrees at MIT. Before Axelar, together with my co-founder, Sergey, we were part of the founding team of the Algorand blockchain, where we built one of the first proof-of-stake blockchains in production. And for the last three, three and a half years, we've been building Axelar, which is the first decentralized cross-chain messaging protocol um, to launch. Uh, and just to give you a sense of, uh, you know, what Axelar is all about, uh, a usual question we get is, is Axelar a bridge, right? Or how does Axelor compare to bridges? So Axelar operates one layer below bridges. It is a cross chain messaging protocol, meaning that bridges and other cross chain applications can be built on top. Right, one analogy I like to make is that the same way that on Ethereum or any layer one, you can build applications like a DEX, a lending market, an NFT marketplace with Axelar, we can impl- enable the development of a cross-chain dex, which some people call a bridge, uh, a cross-chain marketplace, uh, a cross-chain NFT marketplace, where you know maybe you have an asset on Avalanche, you want to buy an NFT on OpenSea on Ethereum, you should be able to do it directly with one click from your wallet on Avalanche, right? Or similarly, a cross-chain lending protocol where you can collateralize your asset on Polygon, get a loan of a different asset on the BNB chain, right? So we're a fully programmable layer for uh, cross-chain applications. And one of those applications, of course, is uh, Squid uh, building a cross-chain DEX, or uh, I think as they like to call it, a cross-chain routing. So maybe I'll pass it to Fig to introduce himself and the project.
3: Thanks, Yorgos. Hey guys, how are you? Um, My name's Fig, I'm one of the co-founders of Squid. Um, My background is actually in medicine, which I studied at university, and then worked in finance, and also worked as a developer and a, a UX uh, designer as well. And that's what we're trying to do. We're with um, with Squid and built on top of Axlow. We we saw the proliferation of chains and rollups um, as a necessary part of the scaling of crypto. So you know, we had DeFi Summer where everything got very expensive on Ethereum and Everyone got very excited, lots of creativity, um, new applications, new users, but it quickly became evident that we needed um, scaling. We needed app chains and roll-ups to be able to scale the technology. Um, but what comes with that is this fragmentation of liquidity and fragmentation of users, really bad UX. And that's what Squid's here to solve. Um, what we do is we allow you to get any token on any chain in one click, no matter what you have in your wallet. So we use Axelar as a messaging layer to be able to swap your tokens on decentralized exchanges like Uniswap, KyberSwap, um, and PancakeSwap. And by combining messages um, across Axlar and with these DEXs, we can allow you to onboard onto applications which have been built on rollups, or in DYDX's case as an app chain. So um, we're really excited about this partnership. This is it's like a it's a very big lift on Aaron to be able to connect both dydx is launching as a cosmos chain and so um connecting the cosmos and ethereum in in one click is has been a big mission but yeah really excited to be here and excited to talk about it
1: awesome uh nathan why don't you go ahead next and uh, introduce yourself introduce dydx and maybe you can go right from there into a little, you know some sort of introduction on dydx v4 and what you've been you, you guys been working on this for a while i know you've been working hard on it very excited to see it uh come to fruition Yeah, thank you,
4: Galen. Hi, everyone. Um, This is Nathan from uh, DYDX. I'm the marketing lead at DYDX, just speaking on behalf of the protocol from our main account. Um, Yeah, so as I'm sure everyone listening right now knows, uh, V4 will be going live sometime within the next two, two and a half months. Um, So we've been working diligently just for the past year plus on making sure all the code is sound, um, open sourcing all of that code. We're on the final stages of our test net now. Um, And we're anticipating that all the open source code will be ready by October 10th, at which point uh, through governance, uh, it will be dictated when the actual chain will go live. Um, Obviously, from our standpoint, we're very excited about this journey and uh, offering a product that is fully decentralized and just offers a much better training experience overall for all of our users. Uh, But coming from an L2 on Ethereum, we obviously have users where Uh, They have been using MetaMask and they've been using Ethereum in the past. So we wanted to enable anyone to use whatever wallets they wanted. But in terms of what the speakers before me were referencing in terms of UI and just convenience obviously people can have assets or collateral on other chains and having to go through the process of bridging their assets on their own to be able to provide collateral on DYDX V4 just is not a very convenient user experience. Um, So we're very happy to announce this partnership with Axelar and Squid um, because it just makes the user journey much simpler. Um, So as a user, when you connect your wallet and deposit to the DYDX chain, just becomes much easier to trade. And we'll explain a lot more over the course of this Twitter space, what exactly we've built. Um, And yeah, just excited to share more information and transparency across the board.
1: Awesome. Uh, Yorgos, why don't I hand it to you? Cause I'd really like to hear kind of the, just a conversation across the board here along the lines of kind of what you know, kind of some of the, uh, some of the sort of specific technical issues that we've encountered as we've been thinking about this integration. And, um, you know, it feels like it's a good spot for you to jump in and say like, okay, what, you know, how can we hear from each of these, uh, from, from DYDX and from Squid in terms of what the different
2: components of it are? Absolutely. So this is something we've been discussing for a while with the DYDX team. So super excited to see this going live um, very soon. Uh, I guess just to start, uh, you know, um, we heard that, uh, you know, DYDX moved over from a layer two, and I think it would be great for the audience to understand some of the technical reasons, right, why DYDX uh, decided to make that decision. And it's a similar decision we made when we were launching Axelar as well, right? We looked at a few of the different stacks, and we really needed to customize to make some low-level customizations. Uh, Effectively, like within the consensus of the protocol, because we needed to have some threshold signatures, right, that all the acceler validators compute uh, so that they can collectively secure cross chain messages. And we explored if we could do this on the smart contract layer, but it was going to take a lot more work and it was not clear if it's even feasible, right? We didn't have the right pre compiles. So the obvious option was to implement on the Cosmos stack, right? So I'm curious to hear from the uh, DYDX side, um, what are some of the things they can do as a Cosmos chain that from a technical perspective, they were impossible to do on, uh, on a layer two, because I feel like this is a big validation for the cross-chain thesis and also what we're doing with Axler and Squid.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I'm just going to take a step back here and explain some context about what exactly we offer to our users and um, our history. I think that is very valuable to shed some insight on why we made this move. Um, So DYDX at its core is a perps DEX. So unlike a spot DEX like Uniswap, what we offer is a little more complicated derivatives products. Um, And with that comes a difference in our user base as well. So if you're uh, more novice level trader that's just trying to dabble in Ethereum and Bitcoin, maybe buy and hold. Uh, that's not really what you're using our protocol for. So we have some very sophisticated traders that use our protocol, institutional traders. And with this uh, more sophisticated user base comes very specific demands. Um, so for us specifically as a perpsex, what that requires is very high transaction speeds and low latency. So when it comes to uh, derivatives orders, what we're dealing with is orders of magnitudes, very high paced, fast transactions that are going through in seconds. Um, when we moved over from an L1 to an L2, this helped significantly because we could start batching orders and sending them together as opposed to one offs. So this significantly increased speed lower latency and lowered gas fees as well but we reached a point where we had pretty good product market fit and we just needed even faster execution speeds than we did previously Um, and we evaluated as a protocol lots of different options we evaluated other l2s we evaluated other chains and the conclusion we came to was just that the cosmos stack allowed us to customize and build the app chain ourselves and we're very confident in our engineering team that we can build this technology from the ground up and customize it to exactly what we need. And Cosmos uniquely enabled us to do this. So what we've built now is something that allows us to process roughly 2000-ish transactions per second. Um, That cannot be done on any other chain. And you have to keep in mind with derivatives, it's not just the orders that get filled. It's also the orders that get cancelled and placed at any given moment in time with high frequency trading firms for example Um, so the technology that cosmos had was uniquely enabling our specific use case Um, on top of that obviously came other concerns about like okay how do people bridge their assets over like is that something that they need to worry about Um, so this logically led to us partnering with Axelar and squid for a part of our onboarding flow just to make user life experiences and trading experiences much, much better across the board.
2: Excellent. And I think the YDX's launch is a big validation, I think, for the Cosmos thesis. Um, Sunny from Osmosis and I guess one of the founders of uh, Cosmos has a saying that, you know, while Cosmos today doesn't have nearly as many applications as some of the big layer twos, some of the strongest applications are actually building on their own app chain, right? And it's very likely that in the future, the vast majority of the volume will be on those high-performance blockchains, right? So while on EVMs, you get a lot of forks of the same thing, it's easier for teams to experiment for things and just play around with things. But in the long term, uh, it's entirely possible that there's 10 massive applications and most of them are on app chains, right? So I find that like is a, a very interesting perspective and definitely supported by one of the biggest DeFi applications moving to their own app chain. Um, and uh, I guess Fig from the Squid side, we've been talking a lot about how to simplify the user experience, right? Uh, ideally, Antonio from DYDX has a saying also, right, that he doesn't want people to know that, you know, DYDX is on a Cosmos chain, right? They want people to just use the application And it's exactly the same vision we've had from Acceler the day one. So you want to talk a little bit about how Squid enables users to interact with DYDX with only their Metamask wallet and without like having to do any complicated onboarding flows?
3: Yeah, for sure. So the the user experience we want is, is one click. And you want to be able to arrive on the DYDX website and start trading in with whatever you have in your wallet, in your crypto wallet. And technically we can connect what we've built into fiat as well. So you should be able to go on from a centralized exchange, from fiat, from your crypto wallet, um, all in one click. And I like to make the metaphor or you know similarity to Web2, where you arrive on a website and you have your Visa card and Visa in the background does some... Routing or some it accesses different ways of exchanging whatever. Maybe I'm an, I've got an Australian dollar card and I'm buying something in Europe. Somehow it gets euros to the um, to the website that I'm on, um, the shop owner or whatever product I'm buying. And the same thing here. We need to get USDC from Ethereum or Arbitrum over to USDC on DYDX. And while they've got the same name, they're actually really different things. And what's happening in the background? Um, The most simple case um, is, let's say from Ethereum, you already have USDC in your wallet and the route we're currently taking is we use Axelar's general message passing to bridge to osmosis and then we swap the Ethereum USDC for Noble USDC. Noble is a Cosmos chain which um, has its own natively issued version of USDC. and so we swap to this noble's sort of Cosmos native USDC, and then we route it to noble and then to DYDX. Um, and you can imagine if you were doing that yourself, that's like four transactions. You need gas on three different chains. It's it's a total UX nightmare. So being able to bring that all down to one transaction with Axel's general message passing was like was a huge huge improvement. Um, and what's more though is because the the router component of Squid is, think of it like Google Maps. So you are at your house and you want to go to your friend's house and Google Maps tells you the shortest route, the most like efficient route to get to your friend's house. Um, but now think of uh, maybe you, you walk, you're in a different place and you still want to get back to your friend's house. Google Maps gives you a new route. And now with crypto so fluid, everything's changing, liquidity's changing, prices are always moving. Think of the map, the actual street map is constantly in flux. And so Squid's job is to constantly monitor the possible routes that you could take to DYDX from, say, Ethereum, Arbitrum, from USDC, from ETH, from whatever token. And we're constantly finding you the best route to get there. So, like from Arbitrum, for example, we might say you have ETH and you want to onboard into DYDX. We can swap ETH into Axlar USDC on Arbitrum. Send that to Osmosis, swap it for Noble USDC, send it to i d x Or um, you know, you extend that to add infinitum. And um that's what we've built. So essentially we check all the possible routes, find the best one with the best price, send it to the user, and you should be able to just sign once with the MetaMask and and get onto the chain.
2: Very cool. Yeah, yeah. onboard the WADX from any asset on any chain and also within um 20 seconds right fig uh, I don't know if Express will be live uh, when the YDX launches day one but uh, we have this feature we've been working on that will allow users to onboard almost instantly right to dig YDX from uh, um, any chain which is an interesting achievement because usually when you onboard from a layer two you have to wait for full finality right if you want to get full security but uh, uh squid has this interesting notion of an express service that assumes the risk delivers the funds to the user on the destination chain very fast uh, while the user still gets maximum security right so that's something that will also be very significant because we've all tried to bridge from chain to chain we know like you know quite often transactions take a long time to go through uh, you often don't even know when they're going to go through right like a lot of front ends don't even set an expectation of how long you're supposed to wait. Sometimes those wait times are flexible. So this will be a massive boost to um, the user experience. And I think to take it one step further, uh, Fig talked about the onboarding flow, just making it is as simple as possible. So you're gonna do one click from any chain, you're gonna get your asset on the DYDX chain, the DYDX application, and then you will do, we'll need to do an additional transaction to open a position or, Trade on DYDX. Uh, It's possible to even take this one step further and directly interact with DYDX from your wallet on uh, Polygon. Uh, I'm not sure it's necessary, and I'd be curious to hear from Nathan if that's something they've considered uh, for some point in the future of DYDX. But uh, I think it's definitely very interesting to consider about that users will be able to interact with the application um, without even having to due to transactions, right? You are on Polygon, you can access the YDX, you won't even know that you used another chain, right? And to me, that's the end game of blockchain US. So yeah, curious Nate, how you're thinking about improving the UX uh, even further in the future. Yeah,
4: definitely. I mean, I think that is our vision long term. Obviously, we'll see how the community reacts over time as everything uh, since we won't be as DYDX trading, controlling the entire exchange and product anymore. Um, But the idea is that traders at the end of the day are chain agnostic, right? All traders really care about is like the ability to make profit. Um, Is there healthy liquidity on the exchange that they're using? um and do they have access to the markets that they need um so at the end of the day like whether a trader is using metamask if they're using a cosmos native wallet like kepler if they're using something else it really shouldn't matter you should be able to connect to dydx or any dex using whatever wallet that you choose um and i believe that that is the long-term vision obviously Uh, Given our history, uh, we've prioritized uh, wallets like MetaMask and what we've already offered so far, just because our existing user base, we want to make sure that the transition to V4 is as seamless and simple as possible for them. But I believe that uh, long term, like the idea is that one day you connect to DYDX V4 using whatever wallet you want. You can trade whatever market you want, and you don't have to sacrifice anything in terms of stability, liquidity, or access to any of the markets that you need
1: to trade. I uh, am I audible? Yeah, let me jump in right here and welcome uh, Govind up to the uh, stage. I see you raised your hand. And by the way, if anybody has a question in the audience and wants to uh, to ask it, just put your hand up. Through the course of the conversation here, I think we can just weave it into the flow. Um, uh, or you know post it in the comments if you're if you're feeling shy uh govind i see you're a, a ux designer at cisco so interested to hear uh your, <laughs> interested to hear your perspective on this uh, you know interoperability and infrastructure questions that we're that we're discussing here
2: uh, okay so you know who i am now okay so let me i'm just see i use a lot of uh, exchanges i'm not going to name that but you know all other exchanges in the market right So uh, one thing I want to ask your team why there is no search (laughs) Search on the top like it was so confusing for me to look for where is the search like you just have to go to the charts then you have to click on the pair then you see a small little search icon there then you click on that and then you are able to search all the coins available in your exchange why that search is not on the top that's my question. (laughs) <laughs>
1: okay, Nate, this one, you, you, we're putting <laughs> put the screws to you here, what, why, why don't you make it easier in V3 for people to find the coins they want to trade?
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: like it like, yeah, was so uh, hard
2: for maybe. me the first time, like I was like, I have to watch a video on YouTube, how to search things on DVDX, like <laughs> Yeah,
4: what, what's I'll, new in V4
2: on this, yeah
4: appreciate the feedback. In full transparency, obviously, over the last year, uh, if you haven't noticed already, we haven't really made any changes to V3. And the rationale really is that we've been focusing almost I would say 99.99 of our engineering bandwidth for our builders on building v4 um so when it comes to listing new markets uh, adding new product features changing the ux of v3 we really just haven't prioritized anything in the last year um, because when we think about like the long-term product roadmap it just makes more sense for us to fully decentralize Uh, and offer a stronger product experience in terms of better transaction speeds, lower latency, lower gas fees. Um, And that's just a 10X better improvement than us making little tweaks to V3. Um, Definitely uh, taking and hearing your feedback right now. um, There's obviously things that we can improve in terms of the UX. So making it easier to search the specific markets that you want to trade is definitely something that uh, we (laughs) will keep in mind and definitely hope to execute on in V4.
1: I think is it is it true, Nate? I think it's been some time since DYDXV3 has, has added any any pairs, right? Even, yes, even down been, with, let alone features. New, new yes. pairs have not really been added,
4: right? Yeah, it's, I, I believe the last time any new markets were added was over six months ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. very focused on V4. Exactly. Um, maybe we can jump jump right into that and and i think you know we, that was kind of the the vein we were in a minute ago very very interested to hear more about kind of what users are going to see on v4 um and and also you know maybe on the infrastructure side kind of or, or sort of the back end side what's um you know what's new and what's coming there
4: yeah definitely so obviously we've talked a lot about how we want the ux to be as simple as possible in terms of onboarding to dydx this is why we're highlighting this integration so closely um There's been big developments as well in terms of native USDC with Noble. Noble is also partnering with us on a different uh, use case in terms of the onboarding flow using CCTP, which we're going to be very excited to announce within the next couple of weeks. Um, But in terms of the actual trading experience, um, I think what users can get most uh, excited about is what we've built in terms of what it uniquely enables that you won't be able to find on other exchanges. So we've talked a lot about lower latency, higher transaction speeds, but what exactly is the benefit of fully decentralizing Um, and using this Cosmos standalone app chain? And I think a big part of that is permissionless markets. So what DeFi uniquely enables is that you can list markets much faster without having to wait for uh, there to be uh, liquidity bootstrapped uh, through like a centralized exchange. So let's talk about, for example, Pepe, which was the hot meme coin a, a few months ago. If you noticed, Pepe was available for spot trading pretty quickly, but the pace at which derivatives markets were added for Pepe took quite a while. There's a lag time, usually several weeks, if not a month or two. With permissionless markets, actually, this is much faster because There's an incentive for market makers to provide liquidity for that market. And also traders want to be able to trade derivative products like perps on those altcoin markets uh, quickly while those coins are still hot and still uh, popular. So the idea for what we're offering now, obviously, is V4 goes live within the next couple of months after it passes the a governance vote. But over the longer-term horizon, we anticipate that we'll be able to start listing orders and magnitudes of hundreds of markets within the first year of V4 live being live, and then within a couple of years, thousands of markets. And a lot of this is empowered by permissionless markets, where we do not have to be the ones as the trading setting up all these markets for you. It's all permissionless. Um, and we're going to will release a lot of thought leadership over the next coming months about what this entails, what it looks like. So traders and ecosystem participants can understand exactly what this is. Um, But that is a huge unlock that we think is going to be the next big development for DEXs and DYDX to kind of carve out more market share and also just improve the quality of the trading experience for everyone involved.
2: Awesome. Super exciting. I know a few tokens that have been trying to get listed on DYDX for a while. And I understand it's a community process but it sounds like it's going to get orders of magnitude this year so that's exciting for a lot of people um and nate i guess my understanding right with with dydx and i'm not DeFi expert by by any means but uh, i understand that you have to bring over some collateral to the chain right uh, which initially is going to be in the form of usdc and you are allowed to open positions right uh, using these assets and over the last few months, we've seen many players like Ondo or Centrifuge uh, tokenizing other assets as well, right? uh, more, more commonly uh, tokenized treasuries, right? So you can have a tokenized asset that's not just a simple stable coin. It's also earning yield on top. Right, So I'm curious if you see a place uh, for those assets also to be used as collateral in DYDX uh, potentially in the future while fully understanding that, you know, this is a community driven initiative, right? That like, the decision making will come from the community and governance.
4: Yeah, definitely. As you stated, I think, uh, in line with bullying, being fully decentralized, like DYDX trading shouldn't be the one to make these exclusive decisions anymore. Um, we're becoming a true DEX. So when it comes to governance and what the community decides and what traders demand, I think is very open to change within the next few years. I think with the initial state of v4 it just made sense to choose a single stable coin just for smart contract logic to make sure that also just like healthy liquidity wise and trust i think usdc is a tried and tested stable coin people are comfortable using that as collateral um so it makes the most sense uh at initial launch but from there like who knows what will happen. Maybe it'll be cross-collateralization will be enabled, so you can use other uh, stable coins like USDT. Maybe there's other types of collateral that users want to use. Um, We won't be the ones to make those decisions. simply put. So as developers at DYDX Trading, we're very open to whatever the community demands at this point after we go live. Um, But yeah, the question, simply put, is it remains to be seen exactly what they want.
2: Yeah, and I think it's the sensible decision also, right, to just pick one asset, uh, because I assume there is systemic risk if you have multiple assets and even one breaks, uh, that's a problem, right, for the ecosystem. So you probably want to concentrate your efforts on one asset to minimize the probability that anything goes wrong.
4: Exactly. And security is also very important for DEXs. I think DURDx is very proud of the fact that we haven't had any major security breaches in our history. We want to maintain that track record. And I think as a DEX, obviously open source, permissionless, um, transparency is really important, but security is also very important as well. So at least at initial uh, product launch, after the governance vote passed, like we just wanted to make sure that our open source code was very sound. So it made sense to start with a single uh, collateral type for now.
2: Absolutely, yeah. For the space to grow, we need to have these robust primitives that everyone trusts, right? Compound is one, Uniswap is another one, DYDX is another one. And for the future of the whole space, right, people absolutely cannot lose money when they interact with your protocol, right? So I think, you know, the DYDX community has a responsibility towards this space to just keep the protocol as secure as possible have security as the top priority so sounds like the sensible approach to me and uh, I think it's interesting because when we're thinking about cross chain as well we've seen a few projects that are like well maybe we use you know multiple messaging providers right when I mean, we want to do a cross chain operations and the typical model we've seen is they want to like have say three providers and they want to let the user, determine which provider they want to use, right? Which obviously is not great for security because if any single provider breaks, then the whole protocol breaks, right? So it's a strictly worse model from a security perspective and also adds confusion uh, to the UX, right? So I think we can draw a lot of analogies from a security perspective to what we see in cross-chain and I guess what you just described, right? About stable coins and maximizing security for, For the DYDX protocol. Um, I guess another really interesting uh, thing about DYDX that, from an architectural perspective, I find fascinating is that when we've been thinking about cross chain applications, and DYDX is a cross chain application, right? Because it's going to be so easy to onboard and offboard from any single chain. What we've seen historically is that applications and developers uh, like to launch on many different chains, right? If you have a small application, you want to go to market fast, you you want to iterate, test your product, you probably don't want to take five extra months to launch on like five additional chains. You probably want to launch on a single chain. But this is what we've been seeing a lot of developers do. Just launching on 10 different chains takes a lot of work, a lot of maintenance, and it's a distraction from their core business. So uh, I'm really happy that DYDX as a leading protocol in the space decided to go with the approach of using one chain for their protocol and making it very easy for users to access it from anywhere instead of you guys just launching on 15 different chains because the user experience is going to be the same as having an application deployed on multiple chains, but from a maintenance perspective, it's going to be much, much easier for you guys and you can just focus on improving your core product. Uh, right? And I'm hoping that you're paving the way here, you're going to inspire many other developers to do the same, uh, whether it is building their own app chain, or it's building a general purpose chain, but you know, not copying and pasting um, their code everywhere. Right? So that's something like I'm personally excited to see more applications building the same model.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think also just in terms of the long term vision for crypto as an industry, I think it's very important that we collectively start thinking about how to make the user experience as simple as possible so that we can onboard people who are not as crypto native. Um, when it comes to us and what we've built, we're obviously very optimistic and big fans of the Cosmos tech stack. That's why we decided to build on top of it. But from a user experience standpoint, like our users are truly just chain agnostic. No one really wants to have to worry about changing what chain they're operating on whenever they want to execute a trade. People just want to be able to do it as quickly as possible. So things like one-click onboarding, uh, using this new onboarding flow with Squid and Axelar, what we're going to enable soon with noble for cctp uh with uh, noble uh native usdc like all of this stuff just makes it so much simpler for people to actually use the product and that is at the end of the day what we're supposed to deliver to maximize not just the success of our project but the ecosystem as a whole um i think it's very interesting when we see other chains uh ex- executing multiple deployments on a variety of chains because it also fragments your liquidity as well. And for something like a Perp Stacks where there's so much volume moving at all times, we want the liquidity to be as healthy as possible and accessible regardless of where you're trading from. So I think on balance, like we're very excited about all these product integrations that we're highlighting and we're announcing as well as the chain going live because we truly believe that this is going to be a 10x, 100x improvement on the trading experience that we offer. But on balance, this is kind of the future of where crypto is heading as well. permissionless markets, open access. Um, So users who just want to trade don't really have to worry too much about like bridging assets or any of that, but developers who want to see under the head and build on top of what we've built can also do so very easily as well.
2: Amazing. And uh, Fig, curious if you have anything to add to this. Uh, I know Squid is deployed on many different chains, but you are doing those deployments on many different chains so that the applica- the applications that integrate Squid, like DYDX, don't have to do it, right? So it's a layer where other developers can build on top. Yeah,
3: no, I totally agree with the, the model. I mean, Noble takes this model for USDC as well, and DYDX is taking it for markets where you want an environment where you can have full control of, of all the... You know all the edges the technology stack, even the you know the inputs and outputs, and with derivatives where there's so much potentially so much leverage and like a, a you don't want contagion to be started by another application somehow um you know getting into your environment where you don't want so having your own um having your own chain is like the safest way of probably doing this um i'd I'd love to hear from you um about how you contain the risk between markets on the chain. Um, so uh, do, each, do each market, does each market have its own um, market risk essentially and is there an insurance, <clears throat> insurance protocol across the entire V4 chain which is used to help um, when there's a liquidity crunch and you can't liquidate some positions. Um, yeah, I would love to hear you talk about that.
4: Um, yeah, so definitely um, there's multiple angles to answer this question. I think the first thing is, like we've alluded to before, starting with a single stablecoin that's used as collateral helps minimize risk significantly. So that's why when the open source code is shipped and v4 goes live, it's starting with just USDC as a collateral. Um, having multiple different collateral types significantly increases risk. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is also just making sure that liquidity is very healthy on the books in general especially institutional liquidity. Um, For anyone that doesn't know already, V3 currently works on like a hybrid deck structure where the order book is completely off chain. Um, And this is enabled and specifically something that traders ask for because the trading experience is just significantly better using an order book model, especially for institutional players and high frequency traders and, um, the pro-retail segment, as we call them. Um, With V4, this uh, order book, it will be more decentralized in the sense that we're not hosting it anymore at DYDX Trading. So having institutional buy-in is extremely important to make sure that there aren't liquidity crunches, there aren't issues with Extremely volatile periods where people have issues um, withdrawing or pulling out of positions. And institutional buy in has been very favorable at this point uh, with testnet participation, with very reputable market makers like Wintermute buying in to participating in this deck structure overall. So, from that standpoint, we're really not too worried about liquidity being an issue with v4 so then the other question becomes security as a whole right um how can we make sure that there aren't significant hack risks um how can we make sure that we avoid a situation where centralized exchanges have caused people to lose money because uh money just essentially evaporates overnight seemingly um from a deck side, the issue is more so like hack risks, right? So how can we make sure that we've done our due diligence to make sure that people are not susceptible susceptible to losing money by no fault of their own, but because of the code that we've built? Um, the first thing that we've done uh, is that we have a bug uh, bash bounty. Um, so if you find a bug um, and you report it to DYDX, as ecosystem member, you're eligible to up to 1 million in prizes. So this helps us have outside views uh, beyond just our engineering team to make sure that we haven't included anything in our source code that is problematic. The second thing that we've done is we've open sourced all the code and we have several different partners that are helping us audit all of this code in real time. So that makes it significantly stronger in the sense that it's not just us building the code. We're very confident in the team that we have, but also there are multiple eyes on the code, too, to make sure that there's nothing that we've missed. Um, We've also done our due diligence with running several iterations of the testnet as well. Uh, by the time that V4 goes live, the mainnet itself, I think we've done more than enough due diligence in terms of making sure like all the ecosystem participants when it comes to validators, nodes, um, beyond just liquidity, the actual strength of the network and the stability of it, we have no questions going into the mainnet going live because we've spent months over the course of test nets to make sure that we've kind of assessed all the risks and any potential growing pains as the chain goes live. Um, Obviously, we're always open to additional resourcing when it comes to auditing or anything of that nature to make sure that everything's stable and secure. I think that's why a big part of open sourcing all the code by October 10th is not just increased transparency, but also making sure that it's trustworthy. Not us as an as a DYDX trading company, but the code itself is something that you can trust. You don't have to rely on a centralized entity to be reliable. You can rely on the strength of the code. Um, so. All around, I think we're very optimistic about everything and we're very bullish. Obviously, you might think that DYDX trading is biased in this sense, um, but we do think that we have a first-in-class team and that our community of developers that will build on top of DYDX are also first-in-class as well.
2: Excellent. Um, I think security, we can all agree, is a top priority here, along with user experience. So that's a great note to close the main discussion on. Um, Galen... Or anyone, I guess, unless you have anything else to add, I think we can open it up for questions.
1: Yeah, certainly. If um, if anybody has a, a question they want to chime in with, um, please go ahead and um, and put your hand up. I think um, you know, for for me, actually, I I do have a question uh, for for Nate and DYDX. I'm curious about how you've thought about um, you know getting robust price indexes coming into DYDX, and if there's any kind of Special thought that's gone in there. Certainly, in the early days of perp swaps, there were you know a number of uh, kind of market ructions where you saw uh, index potential manipulation or, or or you know who knows fat finger error causing a kind of a liquidation cascade, right? And. Um, uh, you know, I think it's been some time since uh, since we've seen anything like that. I'm I haven't I'm not aware of anything like that on DYDX uh, anytime recently. Anyway, uh, curious if you if you put extra thought into that and kind of where where we are with that and if there's any developments coming on that front of before.
4: Yeah, I think um, something that we we use price oracles, but I think something that we are very cognizant of is monitoring markets at all times. Um, at least with V3, historically we have not had too many issues with. Uh, significant price fluctuations due to indexing, if I'm being honest, because when something like FTX happened, we were very quick to remove them off of the oracles uh, to make sure that they were no way involved with the pricing of the perps assets themselves. Um, We'll see how this all changes over time since we're not the one's. monitoring the order book anymore or running it ourselves. Um, But we are very confident in the network that we've established the validator partners and people who are running the V4 ecosystem, obviously everything will become permissionless. But in terms of people who have participated in the test net, I think they've shown their reliability in terms of maintaining something that's very stable. Um, We also are launching the open source code or shipping the open source code rather. with a lot of default parameters, which we think we've used historically that are very stable. Um, you can definitely check those out because the open source repos are available today. Um, but these default parameters basically enable it so that in the event of significant price fluctuations or other black swan events from a trading experience standpoint, liquidity is really not a concern, but also stability of your, like your positions where there's a cascade of liquidations becomes less of a problem as well. Obviously, in the event of something like a Luna collapse, there's only so much that we can do because the underlying asset is imploding. So, in those circumstances, I'm not really sure what uh, perps decks can necessarily do to protect against that, other than investors just need to be vigilant about maintaining their positions. Um, but I think, in terms of just like stability of pricing and stuff, I think we're very confident with the code itself and what we've built.
1: Nice. Well, uh not seeing any other raised hands here i think we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up i want to say a big thank you uh to nate from dydx yorgos from axilar and fig from squid uh it's been great just personally speaking to be uh on the conversation here with projects that are building for use cases that um that have like a real demand in the market and you see people adopting you see that uh that being that paying off right and coming to fruition so i'm excited about v4 excited to be onboarding there with uh with squid and um yeah big thanks to everybody who came on today
3: thanks a lot for having us guys thank you you. Uh, yeah see you
0: there's this principle in like Daoism there's this principle in like Taoism, where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen there's this principle in like taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more Opposite of what you want, <laughs> <laughs> inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds slap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly; they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some crop powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts for getting out of like the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preach open source, but don't listen to the code. And now it's mutiny, community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal Which side of the line you beating out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose Sticking with my armory and Beto and Bruce Reppin' psychedelic artistry, believing the truth Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it, is fam. it really is it worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think is no.